listening to the Art Problems Podcast, episode 46. I'm your host, Patty Johnson. This is the podcast where we talk about how to get more shows, grants, and residencies. And today, I'm continuing our podcast series on goal setting and speaking with artist Cadence Gersbach on her experience setting goals inside the network membership. Now, before I dive into that interview, I want to let you know that I'm running a live masterclass Tuesday, February 6th, on how to get more shows without transforming your personality into a marketing bot. It's entirely free, and I want to invite you to go. The link is in the show notes. And I put this class together because pretty much every artist I speak with outside the membership has this problem. And that problem is you've got no time and what time you do have, you're supposed to spend it promoting your work. And that's not why you got into this. Now, I'm not going to pretend that the network membership solves a problem in its entirety that is at least in part a structural issue. That's not the case. But I do have some solutions that will give you back some of your time so you don't have to spend all fucking day on Instagram praying that a curator will notice one of your posts because that's a waste of time. And it's a way that so many of us end up feeling bad. So this class is intended to give you the same information that we give our network members to help you solve this problem. And it's entirely free. So I hope you join us on Tuesday, February 6th for that. Now, a big part of avoiding these pitfalls is simply setting goals. And so that's why I asked Cadence Gearsbach to join us. Cadence, welcome to the show. Thank you, Patty. Thanks. Sure thing. So first of all, I just want to start. Can you introduce yourself and tell everybody what kind of art you make? Sure. So what I've been doing for the past couple of years is making two kinds of work. I make kind of sculptural paintings and then I make painted sculptures. So those two things are the primary um, way that I work. And the content has to do with personal experiences in nature and increasingly incorporating kind of ancient archetypes into that work as well. So that's sort of what I do. But I wanted to say something about before we jump into talking about goal making is that I have kind of a unique experience where I had about 12 years between graduate school and the time that my son was born where I was a pretty serious artist working primarily in my studio most days and had gallery representation. So a lot of the experiences or things that I do now are kind of based on experiences I had in the past, as well as incorporating some of the things that I learned, Patty, through you. So, Yeah, no, I think that's really helpful context for everyone here that you have that background. And do you feel like that background has served you well, like right now and this time? Yeah, I do. Because I feel like a kind of confidence about the work. Like I look at the work that I'm doing now and I look at the work that I did in the past where I had, you know, grants and residencies and gallery shows and all of that stuff. And I feel like the work is pretty much at the same level, if not better. So I feel confident about the work, which gives me the confidence to like apply for stuff and try and gain more visibility with it. That's fantastic. So When you join Netflix, you fill out an assessment form that asks you to rate your skills, set goals, and record your current and ideal venue. 
And this is something that all of us do when you join. And when you filled out your assessment, I wondered how that made you feel. Like, what was that process like? Were you nervous, excited, skeptical? And why did you feel that way? Well, Patty, this is a little a little strange, but I think actually I joined in 2022 and the assessment didn't start till 2023. So I didn't actually fill out the assessment when I first joined. I filled it out after I had joined for a while, which is fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was true, too. That's the process now, but that was something that we added. So you but yeah. you did take the assessment. I did the assessment. And I think because I was already kind of farther along with my goals, I was just like, oh, great, another thing to try out, another thing. So I just did it without much thinking. I filled out the assessment. I didn't have much emotion around it, and I just did it. But what I would say is when I got it back, I think like all of us were hoping that it's some kind of like magic bullet. You're going to get this assessment and then you're going to be like, oh, great, this is what I was supposed to do. And if I do this one thing, then it'll all be fantastic. And actually what it was was a reminder that I was doing all the right things. I just needed to kind of keep going with them. So that's what I did. I mean, I think that's really helpful, a really, really helpful perspective, because I think We all want roadmaps where, you know, we can take some of the guess, what feels like guesswork out of what we're doing, because there's so many different factors in building a career. It can be really difficult to sort of determine where to focus your efforts and, and, you know, understand that when we're working on these things that, you know, there isn't a magic bullet. There isn't. Uh, But it does seem like... it's very helpful too to, to find out like, oh, okay, I'm doing the things that I need to do. Well, what the assessment has, which is really helpful, it has like basically all of the categories that we're supposed to be working on. And I think we all have things that we enjoy doing. And so we yes. work a lot on those things and then other things we don't enjoy doing. And it kind of like helps you see like, oh, I really have to do this thing that I'm not doing. So yes. One of the things we do with the assessment is we make it very visual so that you can just see at a glance, like, here's a graph and here's what it looks like. After you set your goals, how did you go about achieving them? Okay. So um, I took, I made a couple notes because I was like, oh God, how did I do this? What happened to me is I was basically working in isolation on my work. I had changed it significantly. And then I had all of a sudden this large body of work and I was showing it to my friends and they're all like, wow, this is pretty good. You know, so that made me feel confident about it. And I wanted to bring it out and have more visibility with the work. So the first thing that I did um, shortly before joining Network is I started reaching out to people and I sent out, I went through my resume and I looked at people who had been supporters in the past, mostly curators or people who had galleries or whatever. And I thought, who can I write to? And I wrote a personal email to each one of those people, a handful of them. And I said, hi, I'm back here doing this work and I'd love to share it with you and reintroduce myself. And I was really happily surprised and had a link to the website and all that, that people responded and I was able to renew those connections. And then the next thing that I did 
is I started setting up studio visits. And Patty, in the assessment, you said I was doing way so many studio visits you couldn't believe it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think your your idea was that I should maybe not do so many. But I, I literally, for two years, I did one or two studio visits with mostly artists, some curators, stuff, but mostly artists. For two years, I did one or two studio visits per month. And what, and every time someone came into the studio, I got feedback on the work so I could help improve the work. And I got sometimes great career advice too. So that was really, really helpful. And something that I would recommend anybody do is get everybody in the studio that you possibly can. And the other thing that that does is it breaks down this kind of idea, like when you're in your studio, it's a very interior space. You're working alone. You are finding your own vision, but you're kind of get a little bit of afraid of the walls outside of the studio. And so by inviting like just one person in at a time, those walls start to break down. And the idea of having more visibility outside of the studio becomes less intimidating. I don't know. I'm very much of an introvert, so that may just be for me. But I always had a lot of fear of like show, even though I did show, showing and stuff like that is not, it's not as comfortable for me. I don't think that that's so specific to you. I mean, I would not consider myself an introvert, but I do notice that the more that I talk to people and do things publicly, the more comfortable I am with it. Like, so Mm -hmm. if it starts off, whenever you do anything new publicly, like when they're new, they're nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. But the more you do them, the more you just get used to it. And it also, you have to really um, listen to what people say. You know, you can't just say like, oh, I disagree with them and blow it off. You have to hear all of these opinions and process them and then think about how things could be switched around because you want to have the strongest body of work that you can possibly have because the work is your currency. It's the thing that really counts. And so you need to have the work there. So that's why that's also important. I do want to just insert one thing, which is for anybody listening here, Cadence, I think you have to be the only person I have ever said, maybe you don't need to do so many studio visits because the average person does not do enough studio visits. Like the average person is not doing the amount of studio visits that you do. And I also think within reason, one of the things that I like about what you've said here is that the response that I gave you was not taken as like law or scripture or whatever, right? Like it's it's just one person's perspective on what you're doing. And if something is working really well for you, you keep doing it. Well, uh, no, it was great that you said it because I didn't realize I was doing so many. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's good to know. But yeah, yeah. I, I am going to take a break right now because I didn't have shows. I didn't have a lot of stuff to do outside of the studio for that time period. And now I have some stuff lined up. So I need to take a break from it. So I think you have to be measured about when it's appropriate and when it's not. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. And then learning from you, I sent out my first newsletter, which I hadn't done in like a gazillion years. And because probably, again, I only have like 250 people on my list. They're all mostly people I have personal relationships with. 
I, I got great responses from that. And maybe even more studio visits came from that as well. And what else? And I think that just goes to show too, that you don't have to have a giant mailing list or a huge following on Instagram for opportunities to come out of your use. You just have to use the tools that you have. And, and you just go step by step with the small audience. But I think you also have to be receptive. Like you have to make sure, like, even if just, if an artist friend who you haven't spoken to in five or 10 years writes back to you on from the newsletter, make sure you respond and like keep the dialogue going as best you can, because, you know, we don't know, you just put yourself out there. One of the best things that happened when I was starting the studio visits is I had a curator, someone who ran a gallery that I worked with for a long time. And I was like, what can I do? I want to get this work out of the studio. And he said, you just have to keep hitting balls. You just hit one after the other. And the more you hit, the more you see what happens. So you just keep hitting the balls and then the universe will answer in some kind of a way, but you just keep hitting them out. So that's what I've been trying to do. I guess going back to the idea of setting goals, what goals did you set? My feeling about the goals is that they have to be very process oriented. So I have like my dream goals. I try not to actually even voice those goals for me. It's really about the process. So my goals are that I go to the studio every day I possibly can and I spend a significant amount of time there. I probably go to the studio maybe four or five days a week and I spend at least five to six hours a day working in the studio. And then when I come home, I might do some paperwork or an email or whatever because I only have a computer in the apartment, so I try and do that stuff there. So it's like that's the primary focus is to make the best possible work that I can. You joined earlier, so I don't know if you did the goal-setting curriculum that exists within the... I did it recently, again. Yeah. So, I mean, that is pretty much exactly what we advise, too. Yeah. I did it again, and I think that's fantastic advice, is to just focus on the process. And then the other part of it is, is how are you going to get the visibility? For me, it was doing... I never did Instagram. I, I had, like, 300 followers, So I started, like, part of my goal is to post once a week. I post. I can't do reels. I tried it. They fail for me. They're terrible. So I do carousels. I post once a week. And And that's perfect, right? You know what what works for you. Yeah. And and it's become really interesting. Like, I hated it in the beginning. I wouldn't write anything. And now I write, like, about my process and my ideas. And it's become, like, a visual diary for me that other people can interact with. And it's much more interesting. Like if you take something you don't like, which is Instagram maybe for some people, and you turn it into something that you enjoy, it's not odious. And I have people say, oh, I hate Instagram. I'm not, I'm not doing it. And I understand that. But I finally did that creator thing where you can see like all of your statistics and stuff. And it's like, well, you may not like it, but I just had like a thousand people see my work. I mean, that's got to be valuable in some way. I have yeah. more more curators or gallery people following me. So how can it be a bad thing? So for those of you who are listening and are wondering what the creator thing is, basically what that is referring to is making, and Cadence, you can tell me if I'm uh, misinterpreting what you're saying, but you turn your 
personal account into a creator's account on Instagram. And when you do that, you have access to far greater statistics and you can take a look at who your work is reaching, what posts are doing well, whether you're gaining engagement and all these things. And you can spend a little bit of time on it or you can spend a lot of time on it. It's up to it's up to you how you want to spend your time on Instagram. But I think those analytics are really helpful and I do it on the website as well. Like if I'm looking at, at my website statistics, I can see like if I apply for a grant or a residency, a lot of times people start like looking at your website and then you can see like, is there active or a gallery person? I don't know who's looking. You can't tell who it is. But if you see there's activity, that's a positive thing. And then if the activity slacks off, you can say, oh, maybe I need to do more. I'm not getting the statistics that I that I would like to have. Yeah. So, so it's it's really helpful. Yeah. So so going back to the goals, yeah, it's like go to the studio, post on Instagram. Um, I try and walk around and talk to people. Like I go to some little galleries and chat with people. It's like impossible in a large gallery, but in a small one, people are pretty friendly. So you can chat with them a little bit. And then I started sending out applications. So I was looking at it in 2022, I sent out 18 applications and I got two things. In 2023, I sent out 12 applications and I got four things. So wow, that's kind of what I did. Yeah. Do you have a sense of what the difference might have been? In the applications? Yeah. From year to year? Yeah. Um, one of the things about applications is you have to make sure that your work and who you are aligns with what the application is. And Absolutely. I actually, I see a lot of people applying for stuff and I'm not sure that they really have looked at themselves maybe like an assessment to see who they are, like what stage of their career is, what their background is, what type of work they're making before they apply. So you have limited time. There's no reason to just like apply for everything. You apply for the things that really you have a chance of getting because you want to feel success. And if you're applying for stuff that you're not aligned with, your, your success is going to be low. And so you know, you have to be careful about, like, don't waste your time with it, I guess is what I'm saying. So you were more picky about where you uh, applied in 2023. Yeah. And I also, I think my documentation was stronger. I have uh, an accountability group. I really worked hard on my writing to improve my writing. And you're a good writer already. So. Oh, thanks, Patty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as we're talking, one of the things I was thinking was that a lot of what we're talking about, I mean, we can call it goal setting, but it's also like, it might almost be better described as like establishing good habits. Because a lot of what you're talking about is like, okay, I decided to do this regularly. And then I decided to do this in this way. And it was just like, here's how, you know, what you decided for 2023 was how you were going to show up. Yeah, I think that's a great way of saying it. And I think that those habits are the most important thing. I think people get hung up on goals as thinking like, oh, I want to win the lottery or I want to be in the Whitney Biennial or, you know, whatever it is. And there's a separation between where you are and where you want to be when you think of maybe the word goal. 
But if you think of the word like reestablishing your habits or what kind of way you want to be in the world and the opportunities that come from that, it makes a difference. One thing that was really helpful is I have a few friends, actually people I met more recently, who are kind of amazing to watch. They have much very they have good careers and i see what they do and i'm like they work every day they possibly can at their work trying to make the best work they can they're applying continually they're being really smart with their career and i was like well that's the kind of artist i want to be i don't want to just like dip into the studio once in a while make a little something and then apply to a bunch of random stuff i wanted to have a cohesiveness and so you're trying yeah. to build this cohesive thing that's going to be your life as an artist. So what are you thinking about carrying forward into 2024? Well, I mean, I think it's it's more of the same. I want to make the work always stronger and better and more interesting, more original. Like those are always the main things. But I do want to show the work. I want and I want to show the work in my town, which is New York City. Like I want it I, that's what yeah. I really want. And I have lined up now in 2024, I have two solo projects that are in upstate New York. So I'm going to try and do the best I possibly can with those to get good documentation, do a good show. And then I have like two group shows that I'm going to do. I'm going to work with a choreographer on a dance performance. So the first half of the year is really going to be about working hard. And then I'd like to kind of continue on with trying to get the visibility part, you know, working better. So I don't like going to openings. I never have. I don't like my own openings. I don't like other people's (laughs) openings. I don't like crowds. So I'm trying to push myself to do that more. So those, those seem like very clear objectives. Uh, One thing I meant to ask, but it hadn't, as you've been doing this, have you done things that didn't work? I guess lots of little things that didn't work. I mean, there's, yeah, there's always stuff that doesn't work. I can't really think of anything directly like that was like a disaster. I mean, the funny thing is, is that I I think most times things aren't disasters. You know, they're just uh, things that you you do and you're just like, uh, maybe I don't want to spend my time this way upon reflection, right? Like, yeah. and I think that's one of the reasons that I like to reflect back on what I've done because, you know, when I think about how I spent my time, that is the most important thing. Yeah. I mean, I realized I, I did miss deadlines. I made this really great spreadsheet of all the stuff I wanted to apply for. And then I just... I get distracted easily, so I just forgot to apply, and then I missed the deadline, and and so I need to be more conscious of of stuff like that. But, you know, I do want to say just one thing. One of the great things about network has been, it's like this going back into, you know, like in the playground, it's like this idea of parallel play. Like you see other artists who are doing things. And you're like, oh, well, so-and-so just did that. I can do that too. And I wasn't sure, like I felt very afraid and not sure that I would have anyone being interested in the work whatsoever because I really did a terrible thing, which was drop out for a really long time. And when I came back and I was like, okay, so I'm just like an, an anachronistic person. You know, it doesn't matter anymore. And seeing other artists on network, people that, are not in my usual 
you know, social group doing this and applying for things and winning things, I was like, okay, well, if they could do it, it's a little bit less daunting. So that's, that's a great thing is to find other people who are doing stuff that, and then using it as a model for how you can move forward as well. Yeah, I think there's something about it that can be really empowering because you realize that it's a weird thing to say, but like realizing that you're not special and that the things that you're struggling with are not unique to you, but other people struggle with them too. I have seen that and have experienced that myself, that it's very empowering. You stop feeling like you have some unique set of flaws, but rather that everybody struggles with this stuff. And you, through watching that, those struggles, you see how you can do the same things. Mm -hmm. Well said, yeah. Is there any advice that you would give to other artists who are starting this year and, you know, trying to figure out their own visibility plans? Yeah, having as many people who are artists or in the art world or doing things with art in your studio is really, really helpful. Um, And I would recommend trying to do that as much as possible. If you're in a rural area, you could do it through Zoom. I did Zoom visits with people on the West Coast, and that was really great. Then making sure that the things that you do apply for are aligned, like I said before, with who you are and what type of work you're making and um, get in the studio as much as you can and just try and make the best work. See who you can find to to see it and post on Instagram. I mean, all of the things, Patty, that you said already are the right <laughs> things to do. I don't know what to add. Yeah, you know, I think... All of the things that you're saying make perfect sense. And I think the other thing that can be a little bit difficult about talking about this is just that a lot of the things that we are sharing right now, they're not, it's not rocket science. In some ways, it feels like all of this advice is very, very standard that you would see it in pretty much any industry at any time and da 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 And That's because like the actual roadmap, it is pretty straightforward. The thing is, is it's not easy. No, I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, like the real goal should be creating those good habits and focusing on the process, the day-to-day process instead of like sky in the pie goals. And that'll, I think, take you the farthest. Yeah. So I want to thank you, Cadence, for coming on and just sharing your wisdom. I feel like you always just have a very clear way of seeing things, which is why I invited you on. And I look forward to seeing you on the portal. Thank you, Patty. It's nice chatting with you. Thank you. Likewise. Now, before I leave you, I just want to remind you that I'm running a live masterclass Tuesday, February 6th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on how to get more shows without transforming your personality into a marketing bot. If you live in the UK, there will be a recording, so you just need to sign up to have access to that. And here's the thing. If you're really struggling to get seen, I urge you, to come to this class. This is, I spent so much time putting this together and I know it's really good. The link is in the show notes and I made this class because I don't want to see you struggle. 
like Kanan says, there's no magic bullet to any of this stuff. The one thing that if you do it, your opportunities will be magically transformed. But there are basic steps that everyone, even the most accomplished artists, can miss. And that's why this class exists. So join me there. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review and share it with a friend. It really helps get that valuable information out to more artists just like you. You can find all of the names and the links that we reference in this conversation at workshop.art slash podcast.